I slowly brought my beat-up sedan to a halt as I waited for one of the McDonald's employees to hand me my calorie-rich grub. As I sat there, drumming my fingers on the steering wheel and watching the young lady speak to a fellow co-worker hastily putting together my meal, I wondered to myself whether my regular trips to the Golden Arches had gotten out of hand. I was by no means one of those typical fast-food junkies who raced to the nearest Wendy's or Burger King on a daily basis. But I did seem to gravitate towards eating at McDonald's at least twice a week. My hectic schedule as a full-time college student had me bouncing between my nonprofit internship and classes daily. So McDonald's was the easy answer when I wanted a quick meal for cheap. My favorite location was en route on my way home from work, so it was extremely convenient albeit the obvious health risks of consuming Big Macs and McNuggets regularly. A jovial laugh brought me out of my self-reflection, and I quickly turned to the drive through window. I nearly jumped out of my seat when the bright, smiling face of Ronald McDonald greeted me. The popular clown mascot held out my meal in a large, slightly greasy paper bag with the signature Golden Arches logo splattered on the front, accompanied by a small drink. I quickly took them from him, giving him a warm smile, even if his cemented grin seemed to disturb me a bit. Thank you very much, Ronald, I said, pondering where in the world the young lady and her co-worker went as I stared at the clown. He gave me an animated wave. No problem, buddy. Thank you for visiting McDonald's today. I nodded in return and pressed on the gas, still feeling Ronald McDonald gaze at me as I drove off. I looked in the rearview mirror and could see he continued to watch me as I left, still beaming. I refocused my attention to the road and shook my head. In the years upon years of going to McDonald's, even in different parts of the country, I had never seen the iconic mascot in person at any location. It just seemed so out of place, but I figured it was one of those rare appearances he would make didn't make the encounter any less unsettling, however. Approaching my house, I noticed that my dad's Lexus was absent from the driveway. Realization sparked through my mind instantly, as I remembered both he and my mom mentioned they would pay a visit to my grandma a few miles away, helping her with a few things around her apartment. I pulled into the driveway, turning off my headlights as I sighed, snatching up my backpack from the back seat. I picked up my meal and headed into the house. Upon entering, I noticed that my parents had oddly left all the lights on. It was normal for them to leave a few lights on, like the main fixture in the kitchen or the decorative lamp in the living room when leaving the house. So being met with an abyss-like darkness as I came through the front door was a little scary. Carefully watching my step as I knew our inquisitive cat spooks would be investigating the unknown person coming inside. I felt the little cat gently graze my leg and purr softly. I gingerly stepped around the feline. I sidestepped his small form and found my way to the large lamp next to the couch, quickly flicking the switch. The living room became bathed in the warm glow of the lamp, and I plopped down on the couch, eager to dig into my food. My father had apparently been watching the news before they left because when I switched on the TV, it was on his favorite channel, MSNBC. 
and one of those run-of-the-mill pundits was sounding off on some hot-button issue. I zoned out from their politically charged diatribe as I opened my McDonald's bag and felt around its contents. I unwrapped my Big Mac and took a big bite. I reached into the bag for some fries, when I was surprised to find something underneath the red fry carton. At the very bottom, in a jumble of napkins and ketchup packets, my fingers grasped the object, thinking it was a Happy Meal toy, mistakenly placed with my order, and took it out of the bag. Curiously, I found that it was not a licensed toy of any kind, but a simple CD in a plastic case. I unwrapped it and turned it over in my hand. Written on it with what appeared to be black sharpie were the words, McDonald's Madness. I flipped it over, trying to decipher whether it said anything else, like a copyright symbol or year or even a small McDonald's logo, but there was nothing. Deciding that maybe somebody clearly had put it in the bag, as some weak attempt at an unexpected gag at a customer's expense, I set it down without another thought. I didn't want to entertain the idea of figuring it out. But the more I ate and tried to ignore the disc, my curiosity became overwhelming. My interest peaked to the fullest extent, and the DVD player underneath the flat screen begged me to insert the mysterious disc. Let's just see what you are, I said aloud, jumping off the couch and inserting the disc. To my surprise, the screen turned blue, and then a DVD-like menu flashed across the screen. I quickly sat down for a better look, and saw that McDonald's Madness was indeed a movie of some sort. The bold words displayed over an image of the classic McDonaldland character, Grimace, holding a hamburger. The only option on the menu was, play me. I chuckled. Alrighty then. I pressed on the play function and the film began. I munched on a few fries, slipping my soda as the screen suddenly turned black. After a few moments, I could see a door materialize in the center of the screen. A door plastered with pictures drawn in crayon by children. This door slowly opened, and the camera panned to the far right corner of what looked like a hospital room. The next thing I saw caused me to stand up immediately in alarm, dread coursing through my body as I covered my mouth in horror. In the corner of the room was a man, bound and gagged, sitting on a stool with his hands tied behind his back. He shook with terror as he gazed with bloodshot eyes at whomever stood in front of him, his legs quivering terribly either in shock or in a feeble attempt to break the bonds that held his ankles together. Before long, others came into view, and I realized something very disturbing was occurring. In the frame strolled a demented-looking Ronald McDonald, accompanied by Grimace and the Hamburglar. Ronald held a shiny meat cleaver and pointed at the camera with it. He motioned to the camera watching them, as if making sure the man understood that they were being filmed. He diverted his attention back to the terrified man and hopped ridiculously close to him. He slowly pulled out the rag that had been shoved into the man's mouth and tossed it aside as he chuckled, tapping the man on the head playfully. The man looked upon Ronald with a mixture of fear and sorrow. I'm sorry, please, just let me go. Ronald laughed and turned to Grimace. What do you say, fellas? Should we let Mr. Harris go? Grimace and the Hamburglar seemed to ponder the notion for a moment as they looked at Mr. Harris. Well? Ronald barked. The tone in his voice made me jump, as well as his costumed accomplices in the video 
because they seemed startled as well, quickly shaking their heads. Ronald nodded, hysterically, pointing his weapon at Mr. Harris. I watched as he held the meat cleaver dangerously close to the man's neck, causing him to quiver. No, sir. It's too late now. Mr. Harris, whether it was his sweat or tears pouring down his bearded face, shuddered as he sat there, trying to speak through sporadic sobs and coughing fits. Please. Please, I didn't do anything wrong. I've been good to this company. This company? Whomever that man was, he must have worked for McDonald's in some way. And this sick, twisted treatment, this deplorable display of inhumanity, was his punishment. For what? What could this man have done to deserve this? Ronald McDonald let out a hearty guffaw. Oh, you have been good to us? Are you sure about that, Mr. Harris? I wouldn't say that now, considering what you did to my company. Mr. Harris snarled angrily. The last of the crackling embers of fire that remained within his being exploded from his person. Showing Ronald, he still had fight in him. I didn't do a damn thing. It was you. He motioned to the McDonald Land characters. And these freaks that did this to this company. What you've done is inexcusable. That's why I left McDonald's. Ronald, like a venomous cobra, lunged towards Mr. Harris's face and got nose to nose with him. He ran the cleaver through Mr. Harris's disheveled salt and pepper hair, grinning deviously. That's enough for us to act. Mr. Harris, you know that. You knew that the moment you signed up to become our corporate spin doctor. You knew you'd uncover things, well, unsavory in nature. Things are better left unknown to many and kept secret by few. Don't you agree with that, Mr. Harris? My eyes glued to the screen. I sat there on the couch, too terrified to look away, waiting to hear the corporate hostage's response. The man seemed to wither under the forceful presence of Ronald the weight of the words simmering in his thoughts. After a few moments of silence, Mr. Harris looked at Ronald, his bottom lip quivering. I watched the clown gaze at Mr. Harris for the longest time before motioning to Grimace and the Hamburglar, who slowly approached their manic leader. I'm sorry it has to be this way. The tape cut just as I saw Ronald raise his meat cleaver in the air. Feeling bile rise in my throat, I quickly ran over to the kitchen sink and retched. I struggled to keep my legs from failing, shock coursing through my body. I stood there, shaking at my core, trying to comprehend the sickening event that just transpired. After a minute or two, I retrieved the twisted home movie from the DVD player and sat down, barely able to hang on to the evil disc. My panic was interrupted by the distinct sound of the deadbolt being slid out of its locked position on the front door, causing me to leap into the air. When I saw it was just my parents juggling groceries, a wave of relief washed over me. Quickly placing the disc in the crumpled McDonald's bag, I ran over to them. They questioned me extensively trying to see what was the matter, which was when I showed them the mysterious disc I'd been given and played the film once more. Within moments of watching it, my mother pulled me aside as my father called the police. When McDonald's madness was viewed by the police department, they identified Mr. Harris as former McDonald's public relations executive, Charles Thomas Harris, who had gone missing on a boating trip in 2007. During his trip, a large storm was said to have claimed his life and two of his comrades, capsizing their boat in the Gulf of Mexico. With this film, they now knew something more sinister was behind the man's unexpected demise. 
Within the next few weeks, my parents and I were questioned thoroughly, not only by the local police department, but by the FBI as well. The incriminating evidence I had stumbled upon opened up a can of worms, and it all suspiciously led back to McDonald's. They raided the franchise location I had the misfortune of getting the movie from, and launched an internal investigation against McDonald's Corporation. I wish I could say that the police prevailed in finding who killed this poor man, and that justice was served. However, nothing came out in the media of their crusade against McDonald's. Nothing. I was dumbfounded when I discovered that McDonald's was found to be completely innocent of any crimes. As I think of all this today, I'm thankful that the authorities at least kept our identities confidential. Yet I have a firm belief that McDonald's is coming after my family. How do I know this? Well, I feel like we're being watched. Whether it be going about our daily lives or right here at home, I see things and feel this sinister presence waiting in the wings to take action against us. I don't know if I'll ever feel truly safe after McDonald's madness, but what I do know is that I will never look at the Golden Arches the same again. And I also know that whomever recorded the movie and the person who slipped the disc into my meal wanted the truth to get out somehow. I sometimes ponder if maybe the Ronald McDonald who gave me my meal was actually the good guy, that he was somehow behind releasing the movie. I still wonder if maybe he escaped the clutches of McDonald's or maybe they already got to him as well. If anything's taken away from this tale, it's that somewhere somebody knows the entire truth behind the death of Charles Harris and what the company is hiding. And I pray that that person is alive, alive and figuring out what move to take next. And hopefully one day he can show the world that McDonald's was much worse than we previously feared.